It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda, and I am the host, and I am the founder of the Franchise Academy. Thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode. Before we get into that, in case you've never listened to the Franchise Academy before, uh, this is a one-stop shop for everything franchising, everything you ever wanted to know about how to buy a franchise, how to sell a franchise, even how to turn your business into a franchise. So it's a resource for you and everything that you need to know. And I am available at thefranchiseacademy.com. So it's just Tom at thefranchiseacademy.com. You could call me, pick my brain, but essentially what I do day in and day out is match people with franchise opportunities based on skills, personality, goals, kind of like the e-harmony of business is what I like to call it. And I help people figure out what's good for them and what's not, and and really just understand the franchise world. So feel free to reach out. My service is 100% free of charge for everyone. Whether you buy a franchise or not, there's no contracts. Um, There's no exclusive kind of relationship. Uh, I just get you educated so you could go after the dreams and goals uh, that you've always wanted to do that a job would not permit you to do. So um, today I have Richard Huffman uh, with us. So Richard is the founder and CEO of Celebrity Schools. Am I saying that right, Richard? Celebrity, Tom. Celebrity. Celebrity Schools. Celebrity. (laughs) I apologize. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Sometimes I even have a problem saying McDonald's, but but I appreciate you coming on. this is really interesting. You are, um, how many franchises do you guys have up and running right now? Right now we have around uh, 45 schools that are uh, under development and we have 26 schools that are, that are currently open. So is it all around the um, Maryland market or have you guys expanded beyond? We have, we've had, uh, you know, we've been in business for over 26 years. We have a very uh, strong brand presence here in, in Maryland and Delaware. And then when we started to uh, franchise last March, we decided that we were going to uh, expand that into uh, the neighboring states. So we're currently in Maryland and Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. And starting in 2021, we're expanding into the Carolinas and Ohio. So we'll be in 11 states uh, starting next year. Wow, that's impressive. And you've only yeah. been franchising for a year? Last March. So our first year, we, we, uh, we sold seven, uh, seven uh, franchise agreements. And uh, this year, we're on track to sell 20 additional. So uh, it's been an amazing um, wow. journey so far. And next year, our goal is to sell 35. That's impressive. That is yep. really good. And it's, that's really strong and, and smart growth. I really like the way uh, you guys are doing it. So you're in business like 24, 25 years, and you decide to franchise. Right. Why at that point? Well, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm getting ready to turn 53 this year. I've been doing this, as you just mentioned, 25, 26 years. Um, And, you know, I I thought, how are we going to grow this company? We can continue to open three or four schools per year and I'll I'll wake up at the age of 60 and say, wow, that was really cool. 
or, you know, I could do what I really am truly passionate about, which is giving other families the opportunity uh, that I was given 20, 25 years ago. My, my parents have, uh, they had their first school. They opened their first school back in 1985. In 1994, I, um, I went to my mom and said, you know, what about me opening my own school? And my parents have always been extremely supportive of, of, of me and my brother. And they gave me the opportunity back in 1994. And uh, we opened our first school and with their guidance. And I always laugh because I, I feel as if like I was the first franchisee of of, of, of the brand, which I was actually the franchisor and the franchisee, I guess. But, you know, I saw, I saw what my parents gave me as an opportunity. And I just want to continue to give that to other, other families. Absolutely. Um, and so is there something behind the name of the company? Well, you know, it's funny because I believe brands have to evolve, right. And, and through time, I think if you don't evolve and, and, uh, improve the brand, improve the name, you'll get left behind. And when, when we first started, uh, you know, we, we opened our first school under the name of Enchanted Childcare, and then it went to Celebrity Learning Centers. Uh, and now over the last seven years, it's been Celebrity School. So you could see as things have changed and, and, and things evolved, uh, the brand has also evolved to, to meet demand and, and meet what parents are, are after. So what is the focus of, of the business model? So we, we're, we're a preschool. We have children, uh, infants, uh, infants and toddlers, preschool, three and four-year-olds, and then school age before and after school programs. So um, I, I believe we're in three different businesses under one roof. We're in the infant and toddler program business, the preschool business, and we're in the before and after school business. So a typical celebrity school will be around 10,000 square feet. We'll have about 150 children uh, in our programs in each school. Wow, cool. And, and so uh, obviously the, the one-year-old and then the child that comes who's 14 years old are doing two different things. So right. is it tutoring and early development for the younger kid? I mean, what are the what kind of programs is it? Yeah, it, it's all the time. It's it's all about getting these little ones prepared for kindergarten. I mean, that's really what what everything's headed towards. So, you know, our curriculum is aligned with uh, state uh, requirements that, that 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 each state has in order to for a child to enter into kindergarten. So, we're monitoring, measuring every uh, milestone that that we help uh, these children achieve through lesson plans. Um, but the end result is that this child is ready to enter, fully prepared to enter into kindergarten. Nice. I like it. Um, so is it um, like, are you doing also like SAT prep and things like that? No, no. The, you know, these so so in our before and after school program, these children are coming to us in the morning. Uh, so a, a typical family for us, I, there's going to be, you know, there's it's normally there's an older child and a younger child, right? Cause I have five children, my wife and I have five children. So it, there's normally not just one child, right? <laughs> so if you have a three-year-old or a two-year-old, there's probably good chance that there's another one following behind that there shortly, right? So, uh, so, so, you know, as they graduate through celebrating, go off to, go off to the after-school program, before an after-school program, these children have really been in school all day. So the last thing they want to do is come back 
and continue uh, more learning. But it, our after-school program, before and after-school program, is more based on project-type play, which school-agers really, really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, I think we always enjoy that kind of stuff, even as adults. We never get away from that. Exactly. And so, and it's, and it's, you know, it's very convenient for, for mom and dad because it's, it's one school, one stop. So mom or dad can pick up in the evening and they can pick their school ager up and also pick the three-year-old up. Nice. Very cool. So right now, as we speak, you know, that this will live for a long time on the internet, this interview, but right now we're experiencing uh, like, I don't know, the, ninth month or the ninth year of this pandemic <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> all kind of time. So a lot of talk is all around schooling and at home schooling and, you know, virtual learning. How has this affected you guys? How have you guys kind of rose into the occasion to help parents? What's your perspective on this whole thing? Yeah, it was, it was actually amazing because we always knew that, early education is important. I mean, we know that 95% of the, a child's brain is already developed by the age of five. So we always knew that preschool and high quality programs like Celebrity were, were important. But then to, to go what, what we've gone through and be deemed as essential to, to the economy was just another uh, you know, feather in our caps just reiterating how important we are and allowing for parents to go to work um, because they had a high quality program for their children. So it was kind of really um, humbling, I guess, to, to see the states and the governors deem us as essential and allow us to stay open. But, you know, when this first happened, Tom, we, unlike some of our competitors and some like some other um preschools, we said day one, we are not closing. I mean, that was one of the hard stands that we took that we were not going to close our schools. We were going to remain open, not only for our parents, so uh, the first responders could could go to work, but um, we knew the impact that it would have on these children, not only socially and emotionally, but also ac academically. And, and we've, we've, we haven't closed the day since. Beautiful. That's awesome. <laughs> that's like huge actually right and, and there's not some you know we have a lot of our franchisees right now that are looking to diversify their portfolio because they're in a business that uh was not as fortunate but it really it really proved how essential and i wouldn't say i wouldn't say uh resilient i would say essential this mm -hmm. this business really is so has how has the pandemic impacted uh, the franchise side of your business? You know, we're still, you know, I, I'm the kind of leader. I'm like, we're going to continue to move forward until, uh, until we can't move forward. So again, we decided that we weren't going to close and, you know, we're, we're going to continue to find the best locations for our franchisees. And there was probably a little period there about two weeks where the brokers, the real estate brokers were like, we're really not coming out yet. And, we're like, well, when are you coming out? So we just we just stayed really steadfast on our promise to our franchisees to and, and did everything we can to uphold those promises to them. When we have a very strict timeline by the time you sign your franchise agreement to the time that your school opens. And I was, you know, I could say I was I was hell bent 
on keeping that promise to our franchisees and, and to our company. That's that's an awesome statement. So it is all it's all about the franchisees. Um, so and you're building a legacy, and and so you're rising to the challenge, and that's what we want to see in a, in a leader of a franchise organization. Exactly. That's mucho important. Um, exactly. So the, um, the franchisees are scattered. So I guess each one is probably affected in different ways depending on the state that they're in. Right. Um, any lessons learned um, that you could share about getting through something like this pandemic? Lessons learned from a, from a company standpoint or? Yeah, or even personal. Uh, you know, I say this all the time. It, it, it was... It was it was complete craziness, as as we all know, and um, I could not imagine going through this by myself. Mm -hmm. if, if I didn't, if if Celebrity didn't have the team that it has in place and the resources that it has, I don't know if we would be in the position that we're in today. Huh. I mean, it was one hundred percent all hands on deck. It was 100%. And as a leader, you know, I, I'm the kind of leader that's like, let's drive, let's go, let's get it done. Uh, but this was different because there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of emotions and different people's opinions around those emotions. So I really had to step back and learn how to, you know, more than ever, listen to what was going on and how people were feeling because, I mean, none of our, I mean, it just, it just goes to prove our culture too. I mean, now that you kind of step out, you could think there's all these things that now you look and say, wow, this could have happened. Like we could have had a total revolt, right? We could have, our school leaders could have said, regardless of what you want, Richie, like we're not going to work. And I've been like, like all those things that could have happened. I'm just, I'm just so proud. And I just think it has a lot to do with the culture that we here have here at Celebrity, how strong our mission is. Um, to make sure that, you know, these children and, and our families are always taken care of. And it's just, I couldn't ever imagine going through this uh, with, without this, this, this team and this support. Well, I think it goes with your whole tag of, um, I'm going I'm to actually read it. Uh, yeah. Growing people big and small. Yes. Um, so talk to me about that. What, what does that mean when it comes to your employees and to your franchisees and how to lay across the whole pandemic scenario? Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's such a, it's such a, it was such a game and such a game changer for us because, you know, when we started franchising and I've, I've visited a lot of, of competitors and, and I'm even speaking for myself, the last thing that I wanted was someone to buy a celebrity school, become a part of our family their school becomes wildly successful. And then they say, now, what do I do? Right. Because it, it's almost like, and I remember that with my first school it was like, I hired the director, I hired the assistant director. The school was wildly successful. And I was like, okay, now what, now what do I do? Right. So I, I never wanted that to happen with one of our schools. And uh, so that's where the whole, we grow people big and small because you know, so to the small part, that's the easy part, right? That's that's our teachers and that's them delivering an amazing experience and making sure these little ones are growing and hitting their milestones to to you know get to 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 enter into kindergarten. But on the on the growing people big side, 
Like, I believe that's a, that is a lifetime worth of work, right? That's coaching and developing and coaching developing uh, never ends. It, it should never end, right? It's just, when do you, you'll, when do you stop coaching and developing people? Never. So here at Celebri, you know, it, it works for us in two ways. Uh, our franchisees are responsible for putting their teams on an individual growth plan, which I, I believe, you know, if you're not growing, then, then you're not happy, right? Everybody's happy when they're growing in something. Um, and, and then um, that also gave our internal um, team the opportunity to uh, own their own franchise. So for example, with inside the system, you, you can become, you know, you come in as a, as a assistant teacher, then you become a teacher, and then you can become a director, an assistant director, you know, a regional director. And now, which I call the, the crown jewel in that, in, that grow, in that growth path is you can own your own celebrity school. And, uh, and we identify those folks and we put them on that path to, to achieve those, those individual um, growth plans uh, that they've chosen. And that, I mean, that just, I, I think to see others prosper and help them get to where they want to get to, I just think that's one of the best jobs in the world. That's so awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I think um, that it says a lot about the character of, of you as a leader and, and also of, of the school itself. It just, um, it blows me away. So, and, you know, and, and I guess in my opinion, um, the, the whole education piece is a fabric of our society. So it's, it is a recession resilient type business. Do you, um, as you're looking for new franchise owners, are you looking for former teachers? Um, what, what kind of background are you looking for for franchisees? You know, we've we've seen two two types of, uh, of families. One uh, that they're looking to diversify their portfolios. They already have uh, other franchise brands uh, that they own, and they're just looking to diversify. Uh, and then we have the families that they've been in a career for 25, 30 years, uh, and are tired of it, and just want to um, to um, to get out of that. But the common thread between both, Tom is that both sides want to do something more meaningful. Yeah. They, want, they want to create a legacy. They want to give back to the community and they want to be more impactful in the business that they're getting into. And I, and I can tell you, there's, there is nothing more rewarding and more impactful than, uh, than seeing teachers prosper and seeing these little ones prosper. It's just, I don't know. I just think that we have, we have the best especially with our philosophy of group people, big and small, it goes to prove we're not just focused on, you know, the little ones. We're, we're focused on which we call the whole family. Right. Yeah. Well said. And, and it reminds me of that old saying, like if you teach a man to fish, he fishes for, uh, you give him a man to fish, he eats for it's, a day, you teach right. him to fish and eats for a lifetime. And so you're teaching people how to fish um, and, and, create their own reality right 100% and again that grow people big that that goes to the set that goes to the classroom level to the school level and now to the franchise level because you know my job is to listen to these potential franchisees 
or even our current franchisees and listen to what their dreams and goals are and, and how can I support that and how can I be a part of that and get them to where they're looking to get to. We have a family, you know, the gentleman spent 30, 30 years on Wall Street and he says, I'm tired of the commute. It's not meaningful to me anymore. So, you know, I want to, I'm going to buy three celebrity schools that will, um, you know, that will get me to my income that I was making on Wall Street, but I, I have my weekends free and I'll be able to go to my, my kids games and I won't be working, you know, 18 hours a day and, and I'll feel as if uh, I'm contributing. So um, I, I just, it, it's just funny how, how things work out. And I'm just so thankful and blessed that I have the opportunity to, to help others achieve their goals and dreams. Yeah. That's um, my, my main thing in, in franchising as uh, many listeners know, before I got into franchising 20 years ago, I was a subway conductor in the New York city subway. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I bought my first franchise, which was a smoothie franchise back in 2000. Built it into three units within five years, sold it, and semi-retired at 41 years old. Wow. And have been teaching people, like, how to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's really, um, and, you know, for those listening, there's a book I wrote called Franchise Savvy, which is my stories about my successes and my failures in franchising, because I've had failures, too. Yeah. Um, and, and so just being able to help somebody achieve, you know, the quote unquote American dream. Uh, it's, it's really possible for everyone. It's, uh, you know, franchising is kind of an intersection of, um, you know, entrepreneurism, but, but also just being able to take control of your own destiny, but it's hard work, right? I mean, it's, it's, more, it's not a nine to five job, no matter what the business is. And, and I think that your you know, your school's, speak to the fact that you can get into something do well and do good at the same time. I remember hearing somebody say, you know, once you realize that it's all risky, you start looking at some, you start looking at opportunities a little different, right? So I, some people say, you know, it's too risky for me to, to open my own business with, and they don't really realize that they're, they're always at risk, right? I mean, tomorrow somebody could come in and say, sorry, we're eliminating your position. So it, w- once you realize that it's all risky, <laughs> then you start taking more opportunities and you don't really look at it as risk as risky as, as maybe you would at one point. Very well said. You know, I, I, I always say, I try to share with people that are really new at looking at franchising that, you know, having a job is like renting an apartment and having a business is like owning a house. So you could have the best apartment in the world, but if the landlord comes and tells you, you know, you got to move out, you're done. You got yeah. nothing to show for it. Yeah. I, you know, Tom, I mean, growing up as a, as a child, I saw both of my parents work extremely hard. My mom, my mom uh, worked for a construction company as a controller and my dad worked for a bakery company. And, you know, I saw that you had to live within those means. And then in, in 1985, when my mom decided that she was going to open her own preschool, um, you know, and a couple of years there later, they came to me and said that, you know, they're building this new house. And I was like, we're doing what? And, and, I, and, I, and as a child, I, I, I associated uh, being an entrepreneur or owning your own business as a gateway into um, expanding 
um, your your abilities and 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 to be quite frank, your your um, your wealth. I mean, I, I saw them with very little means, and then all of a sudden we had means, right. and uh, and it was it was just and at that point I I even at an age of fifteen I never ever saw myself working for anybody. I've all, I, I just, that was not going to be an option for me. Yeah. And I did uh, until I opened my first school in tw- and, uh, at the age of 26. But, you know, it's funny, even today with my, with, with my wife and my kids, it, it, uh, with all five of them, they, they don't talk that language. They right. don't, they don't, they don't talk, but they don't talk the language of an employee. They talk, they talk the language of a business owner and they talk the language of an investor. They, they just don't talk the language. That is brilliant. Oh my God. So that is kind of, you know, the bane of my existence in that I grew up with parents who were civil servants. And when I would, I would be sleeping late on the weekend as a, as a young teenager and my parents would literally go out and sign me up for civil service tests and say, you know, next month on this date, you got to be at this place and you got to take this test to be a court officer. And then the next month, you're going to take the test to be a firefighter. And then, you you know, and you'll have a pension, you know. Right. And, and that's how I became a transit worker. They signed me up. I passed the test. When they finally called me a year or two later, I was like, okay, I'm not doing anything. I'll take, you know, I'll take the job. I was driving the truck at the time. Um, and then an old timer said to me, uh, I was working a Sunday night. I'm, you know, some things you'll never forget. And this old timer said to me, "Hey, kid, this is a great job because you'll always have a shirt on your back." He said, "It'll never be a silk shirt, but you'll always have a shirt." <laughs> and in that moment, I realized, wait a second, my bosses, whom I loved, and I still talk to some of them now, 25 years later, yep. they were not wearing the metaphorical silk shirts. Business owners were. Yes. But I didn't know how to be a business owner. I, I, I was a civil service guy. What did I know? You know, I had an associate's degree. I, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't come from that kind of pedigree. Um, but I took, I took a lot of classes, seminars. I read books. And I realized that a franchise is a business with training wheels. That's what I needed. I needed that helping mm-hmm. hand. Somebody to teach me how to do the research and then how to build it. And I did. And it was usually successful. But... When I, you know, when I got the job as transit worker, subway conductor, my mom was at the second coming of Jesus. My mom was like, oh, my God, he got a civil service, you know, pension. Right. And then 13, literally 13 years later, I resigned to open a franchise called Maui Wowie Smoothies. I thought she was going to have a conniption. Wow. And, and now it's I haven't had a job in, you know, regular paying job in 21 years. And she, every once in a while, she still asks me. When are you going to get a real job? <laughs> you know, but, 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 but you know what, Tom, that, you know, and, and that's fine. But just like I tell my kids, you, that's fine if that's what you want. But just Absolutely. remember, just, but just remember this, you will have to live inside those restraints. Right. And, and if you want to live inside those, I mean, if you do quick numbers, right, let's say you have a great job working for somebody and you make one hundred thousand dollars. Right. So after taxes, you're making seventy five. OK, so, you know, so what's that? Uh, I don't know. Twenty five hundred dollars a month. That's 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 the box you're in. So if you're OK with living inside of twenty five hundred dollars a month, then then that's the right job for you. 
But as an entrepreneur and, and owning your own franchise and, and having that ability that there, the way I view it, there, there is no cap, right? I, could, I can open as many schools as I want. I can have as many employees as I want. And with that, have as much revenue as I want. So as an entrepreneur and as a franchisee, it's it's what what do you want? So I'll I'll accept that. I love that, and I'll I'll I'll. So I see your business, and I'll up you tax <laughs> Yes. Tax right. So if if you have a W two job and you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, like you said, you're really making seventy five thousand a year because yep. Uncle Sam takes the cut first. But yep. if you have a business and you made a hundred thousand dollars revenue first you pay your expenses and you pay you know your staff and then you pay taxes on what's left after all of that exactly and that's the way the tax code is written for reasons because you exactly. took the chance you you get the benefit everybody or anybody could take the chance and get the benefit yeah so um so anyway that's a whole nother kind of story and, 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 I, and what i yes and i would just add to that and and i could also invest money into the company to grow it and uh and, and it's deducted as an expense so uh yeah that that there's there's so many benefits of uh of owning your own uh, business your own franchise and uh not only for the lifestyle that you want to live financial lifestyle that you want to live but time-wise and uh and really create creating true wealth for for your family absolutely love that so um as a business owner um and and franchisor why do you think that franchising is a better option than just starting a business from the ground up well as i mentioned i mean i i wouldn't even know where to start if it wasn't for my parents and showing me uh everything that they had learned from the previous 15 years i just i don't even know where i would have started and, you know, here at Celebrity with 26 years of experience, uh, there, there's not one day that goes by that we're not challenging and improving our processes and, and procedures and support. We know exactly what makes this business tick. We don't have to figure it out. We know exactly what key performance indicators we should be focused on. Uh, we know how, your le- how the lease should be written. We should know what should be in the lease. I mean, the list of support just goes on and on and on. And as a franchisor and as a partner, that's our job. Our job is to to make sure that you don't miss anything. We hold you accountable to those results. Um, And that's really what a franchisee really wants. Thank you. That's so well said. And and so I feel the same way. I mean, it's... um, you know, you're paying some fees, but what mm-hmm. people don't understand is that those the upfront fees are helping you buy down the ramp up time and buy up the time to break even or make a profit. But on the back end, you know, there's some royalties involved. And whether you're a business owner or a franchise owner, you're still paying those same expenses. It's just that you're paying it in a pool called a royalty, mm-hmm. or you're paying it by yourself as a as a one-time business owner, and you don't get as many benefits as, as a one-off business owner. Um, and, and so that just speaks to the strength of franchising and buying power and, and all the things that come with it. Yeah. But um, what is one myth about franchising that you would like to bust here and now? 
I, I, you know what? I, I have to go with Tom, the one we were just talking about that that the royalty fees aren't worth aren't worth paying, and that that they can do it on their own. And uh, that's I think that's a myth. I you know I can just give you two great examples that would have cost could cost franchisees hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, just just it, it's almost like they you don't know what you don't know, right? And so if you don't know, just a small example if in, in, in helping our franchisees negotiate their leases, if you don't know that, you know, that you can get six months free rent up front, then you don't know to ask for it, right? Yes. But, and, and that's, uh, that's about a hundred grand, right? That, that, that we just saved you and you just didn't know about it. And that's, that's why you pay. That's why you pay the royalty fee, and that's just one small example of um, that I can name. Right? That's six months free rent. That's what we asked for, and you wouldn't know that. One of the other ones, real quick, was you know early in my career, I went to go pick our building permit up in the in the the building um, at, at the um, building permit office, and they're like, you know, how I'm like, how much do I owe you? And they're like seventy five thousand dollars, and I almost fell off the chair, and I said, what do you mean? They're like, well, you owe us tap fees and water fees and all this other stuff. I'm like, what? So, you know, we make sure that our franchisees do not make those mistakes, that those that 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 expense is built into the lease and, and is pushed onto the uh, onto the landlord side. So, I mean, they're just two small examples that I can think of off the top of my head. And that's be, and, and those two small examples are before even before the school even opened. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, I got another hundred list of things that we make sure that our franchisees uh, take advantage of through our our knowledge over the last 26 years. But paying that fee, man, it's like anything else. I'll gladly pay the fee if I feel as if I'm getting a, a, a return on that on that investment. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, as the SBA says, you know, 50 percent of businesses that start today will be out of business within 12 months. Um, and in franchising, the number is quite opposite that. But, um, you know, that the thing is, people go into business for all the wrong reasons and they don't know what they're getting into. And, and, I, and I would say, Tom, you know, you know, if the back what you just I mean, if you start your own business, who do you have in your corner that wants you to succeed as much as you want to succeed? And in the franchise business, like you got this whole team of people that want you to succeed probably more than you want to succeed. I'm not sure, or at least equal to, right? Yes. We're all totally invested in your success because nobody, no franchisor wants their franchisee to, to, to fail. But and, also and, you have the support of the other franchise owners in the system. Absolutely. You're all building equity in the same brand. So we want you to do great. The more, the you know, the rising tide floats all the boats, man, in franchising. It's so true. And the other thing that I'll add that, is a little bit different than what you do. But um, when I had my franchise, which was a smoothie special event franchise, um, you, you could do street fairs, you could go into stadiums or whatever. The very first gig I got was the Jacob Javis Convention Center in Manhattan. Wow. Very first one. And and uh, even when I, when I went and, and applied and, and did what I had to do to talk to the guy there, uh, the president of the franchise even said, man, you're hunting elephants on day one. You know, don't be disappointed. He's like, but we got it. Afterwards, I spoke to this guy, Greg, and, and we're still friends to this day, 20 years later. And, and he said, uh, he gave me the shot because I was a franchise. Mm. 
if I was just Tom Smoothie's, no way. He was exactly. not in that building. Yeah. But because I had the franchise that he knew I wasn't going to go in there and screw things up, I paid, you know, money to be there, to buy the franchise, you know. So, so you get credibility just from being a franchise. And, Absolutely. And not only credibility, but as you mentioned earlier, I mean, it, it's, it's a known fact that you're going to get, uh, you know, when, when you're, when you decide to, to maybe exit your business, uh, you're going to get a higher multiple on that, on that business also because of, of the, the value of the brand. Just another reason, another pro. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, hey Richard, I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Seems like we could speak for hours on this. <laughs> this is really good. Really good. Well, um, we're, well, we're both we're both extremely passionate, and, and I know we know the benefit of of owning a franchisees. And I think the the common theme here between us, Tom, is just that we, we want that for 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 other families. We we want to share that joy and and have them experience what we have experienced for for so many years. It changed my life forever. I mean, I, mm. even on the bad days that I had in franchising and I failed and lost a lot of money on a second franchise I had, I still wouldn't change it for a minute. I agree. You know? So how could people get in touch with you or, or your franchise team if they want to find out more about you? Yeah, franchise? they can go to right to celebrate, dot com and uh, hit our webpage and there's uh, all the information there. Yeah, celebrate. And so... Celebrity is going to be on my website. If you go to the franchiseacademy.com, uh, I'll have links there to get back to their website. Uh, so you can check them out and have conversations with that team to see if they're expanding into your area. I'm sure they are. So Richard, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you having uh, this time with us here on the Franchise Academy. Tom, thank you, sir. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.